All right. Welcome to another episode of Inside Blurred. This is our interview edition. It's me, Scuba Steve, 1428 on all social media. And today I'm joined by the one and only Arthur writer, Jerry Smiley. How you doing, brother? Doing great, Steve. Glad to be here. Glad to share space with you. Yes, sir. All right. And I was lucky enough to get mailed two books. So I decided to go ahead and read them, Torian and the Gray Box. Um, let's just start from the beginning, man. Like, let's tell us a little bit about yourself, bro. Uh, well, it all started, I guess, in Detroit, Michigan. I was born there, left in the, born in 89, left in the early 90s. Uh, grew up in PG County, Maryland, uh, near DC. Shout outs to PG okay. County. Uh, we call it the DMV. Uh, D.C., Maryland, Northern VA, Northern VA being basically being like Alexandria, Arlington. And, uh, okay. When we say Maryland, we mean like pretty much uh, Laurel, Laurel down. Baltimore is not DMV. Shout out to Baltimore, great, great city. I haven't been there pl plenty of times and enjoyed the environment, but yeah. it's not DMV. Um, then let's see. In 07, uh, graduated high school, went to North Carolina A&T. Uh, shout out to okay. AT, Aggie Pride all day, HBCU life all day, HBCU every day. Life? Yeah. Um, class of 2011, my major was creative writing under English, then spent a few years in Greensboro, eventually left. I ended up all over. I was in Texas, I was in Maryland, but eventually I ended up in a graduate school program out in Miami. This is the name of the school. I thought I was going to be in Miami, Florida, but the school is called Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. And it was definitely a, a shock going from, you know, HBCU to being HBCU to a PD, PWI. Being the black person site. Yeah, it was. And nobody ever did or said anything that you feel out of place. It was just definitely a, a this is different <laughs> type of yeah. uh, experience. But it, it was great. It was great. And I graduated from there in 2019 with a master's in creative writing. That's and after that, shortly afterwards, I had to deal with some stuff and then COVID happened. And around that time, I encountered Black Gold Publishing, my publisher. Shout out to Tahar and the whole Black Gold crew. Uh, they're, they're located in the Virginia Beach area. I call it Sova, which I'll kind of explain that later because it's kind of important to one of my short stories in the Royal Gray Box. But okay. yeah, that that area, like that Newport News, uh, Hampton Roads, Norfolk area, they're located in that area. And I've been working with them since 2020. They actually helped to make both stories, particularly Torian, something really special and just be great with the editing process. They're a black owned company out in uh, the, again, Virginia Beach area. Um, so yeah, again, shouts to Black Gold Publishing and Tahara. I mean, besides that, I mean, avid gamer, hence the shirt, which again, I, I, I guess I can shed a little bit loud on that. Um, let's see, in 2008, and this is something about me, I graduated high school in 07, but I often tell people I'm class of 08 because 08 was the year that many important things fell into play for me as a person and is the reason why I'm here today as a person, as a creative. Um, okay. 2008, and the, the probably the biggest influence, not probably, it is the biggest influence, The Dark Knight came out, Rest Easy, Heath Ledger, of course. And that's, that's a cool I remember, movie. Yeah, I remember just being blown away by it and just being just amazed and impressed. And the feeling I got was so great that I started writing and that's when I realized this is what I want to do. I always tell people I'm chasing a feeling. I want to give people the same feeling I got when I watched The Dark Knight for the first time because it was just such an amazing movie. That's the movie that really set everything in motion for me as a creative. And also in 2008, this game right here came out, Super Smash Bros. Brawl. Super Smash Bros. And, and I've been playing video games all my life, uh, but 2008 was the year that I was introduced to the FGC, which stands for fighting game community, which is basically people who play fighting games at a level beyond 
what people normal people or normal people play. They they're the best in the world, pretty much. And in that year, two thousand eight, this is one of the games that people were playing seriously. And so I really pushed myself to be really great in this and other games, but more especially this game. Um, when I was living in North Carolina, at my peak, I was I beat the best player in the state, and I was beating some of the other people in the state, and I was beating some other people in the country that were considered the best with their characters and things of that nature. I used to travel, not not just for this game, but just uh, other games like New Jersey, Tennessee, been to Florida twice, um, mm-hmm. all across across Maryland all across North Carolina, but uh, the competitive edge, it really kind of pushed me to do better and think better. Because when you're playing at that level, every decision you make just has to be just immaculate because there are people that yeah. are thinking 5, 10, 20 steps ahead of you. You have to think 5, 80 steps ahead of them. And it's just a beautiful thing to see and be an experience. And not, even beyond that, and I guess I'll get into more of it when I talk about the World Great Box, just the people there and the experiences because I've had a lot of great experiences um, in the FGC and the Royal Grey Box contains actually two pieces talking about people I met and things of that nature. But yeah, okay. I mean, 2008 was the year that kind of set everything into motion. Um, we also got to think 2008 was the year that a lot of things that are mainstream nowadays kind of broke through. The MCU started in 2008. You know, the first Iron Man movie and the MCU yeah. today. Yes, uh, dark, same thing with the Dark Knight. Uh, Charles Gambino started mm-hmm. making music in 2008. So a lot of things that we are staples today kind of happened in 2008. So 2008 started was kind of just really important year so if you think about years. it. Yeah. And I even just in terms, just for me personally, but in terms of like blurred nerd culture, like comic book movies became mainstream in 2008 because Iron Man came out and then like what, two months later, the Dark Knight came out. Who we are today, you know, with, with superhero movies and yeah. comic movies. There's a Wakanda con in Chicago. Um, so mm. that just goes, that's just a testament to, you know, the lasting power of the uh, superheroes and things of that nature. That's what's up. So, okay, two questions. Let's talk about the HBCU experience because a lot of people don't understand unless you've been to a you you asked me what you only know it unless you've been there yeah yeah, of course um for for i can't speak for every experience but for my personal experience the hbcu experience is something stellar remarkable superb i'd recommend everyone especially black students to go to HBCUs. The experience is just amazing. Um, A&T was, was and still is a home away from home. I got to meet so many different people, uh, travel. The campus life was fun. Homecomings are amazing, which the plans to go homecoming is actually like in early November. And I'm already trying to set things up for that. But just meeting so many different people um, and seeing that black excellence that we talk about and that we chase, HBCUs are kind of the foundation and the house, the house that the houses that help build these individuals to go out into the world and you know create that black excellence that we talk about. And I mean, back then, you you saw traces of like nerd and blurred culture there, but now. And I mean, I, I haven't been in college in years, but sometimes when I, I go back, like all the stuff that we were doing there, they have intense, they have like e-leagues and and like tournaments. And I'm like, this is like, we were doing this in the trenches. Now y'all got beautiful stuff. Not to be jealous of anybody, but it's just amazing to see how far things have come um, in that regard. But again, the HBCU experience, I recommend it for everyone, particularly, especially uh, black students, because it, it is an amazing thing to see 
Um, it is a cool thing to see, you know, black people from different backgrounds with different interests pursuing education and, and being amazing while doing it. Um, the, mm-hmm. uh, the education, of course, certain schools vary in what they, you know, specialize in. A&T in particular, engineering and agricultural uh, specialties is what the school is really about, which that's fine. But I was able to go to the English department. And again, also shout outs to North Carolina A&T English department. They really helped shape and mold me as a person, as a writer. I was able to go into there and, you know, learn many great things and just ultimately have a great time and make great bonds with people. I'm still able to go there and they know who I am. And, you know, they talk about me sometimes on their social media platforms. I'm glad that, you know, I was able to go there and I'm glad that I'm able to still have that bond with the school and with the English department. I've even beyond that, just the people I met there, honestly, they've been really great friends. I would even say brothers. Uh, I met at ANC and even in the FGC, which I'll get into with uh, the Royal Grey Box. So, yeah, HBCUs all day. That's really dope. Um, and then the fact that you left a long, that's really dope. Like you left that long lasting impression on that school to a point where they still mention you to this day. So, um, yeah, that's really dope. I, like I said, I, w- I went to PV and um, nobody else on our podcast went to a Peter. I mean, went to an HBCU except for a uh, kid. So, like, whenever we talk about HBCUs, like, I don't think the other pod members like necessarily get it, you know. But we was like, man, y- y'all don't know what y'all missing, bro. And <laughs> so, like, just hearing that you, as soon as you said North Carolina A and T, I was like, like, oh yeah, bro. <laughs> we got this like unspoken, like kind of like bond, like, oh shoot, we went to HBCU. So yeah. that was really dope. Yeah, you're right. It is that unspoken bond that, you know, we, we may have went to different schools. Yeah, we have there are rivalries between schools and football teams and all that. But in the grand scheme of things, it is that mm-hmm. unspoken link bond that unites us to, yeah, we went to, we spent four or more, because some people take longer. I, I know people that have taken much longer than four, which no disrespect, it happens. Mm-hmm. But you graduate at the end of the day. We spent these years of our late teens and early to mid twenties in an environment that we know that once we leave, the world is not like this. You know, the world is not this pristine black excellence area. We know that once we leave, we have to go and go out and face the world as it is. However, this environment allowed us to see, experience many great things, and prepared us to handle what lies out, outside of its habitat. Yeah. Yep. Oh, can you hear me? I can hear you now. My bad. I had uh buffered out. Yeah, went through a little dry uh, yeah. lane. I'll make sure to edit this. I'll make sure to edit okay. this part. All right. Um all right. But um let's get into um Torian. Talk about Torian. Were you uh Torian and uh everything with Torian? Uh we got a superhero and I, I know it starts off. Oh, she's uh, in a superhero costume, but it does start off with um, her standing up uh, friends, bullies and things like that. So let's just dive into Tori. All right. Well, Torian was actually written at A&T back in 2011. Uh, it was much different. When I say different, in this case, it's a synonym for worse because it was not great, Steve, not great. So when I wrote it, mm-hmm. it kind of just sat there and 
I knew I wanted to do something with it, but I just kind of sat on it and I worked on it throughout the years, like, you know, 2014, 2015, 2016, all that. And even when I was in grad school, I still worked on it. And eventually when COVID hit, I came across Black Gold. They saw it, they adored it, and they actually helped me improve it vastly um, from what I've been doing going back to 2011. So, um, but yeah, Toyin originally was inspired by Metroid. Metroid being the game with Samus from Smash Brothers, but Metroid yeah. being its own game, but Metroid we all Prime. know. Yeah, Metroid Prime, Metroid Zero Mission, but nowadays people just assume she's in Smash Brothers, but Metroid, Samus is her own character with her own series. But Metroid itself is based off of Alien, the movies with Sigourney Weaver and Acid Blood and all that. But yeah, um, Torian itself, mm. my story, it's about this girl who uh, lived live in California who wants to be a lawyer and in the process of doing so, she gets superpowers and she fights aliens like Sam is the character, but she also fights systemic racism. There's differences between like my story and Metroid. Like Samus is out in space fighting aliens. My character's on Earth. Samus lost both their parents and was raised by birds. My character, she has her dad and she has a little cousin to look after. Um, my character also has a boyfriend. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I wrote this story, there were a few things I wanted to like really highlight. And I guess the five main things that kind of like inspired it and that I, I wanted to like highlight and discuss and use as a creative influence. I would say one, Kelly Thomas is, uh, is, is a white dude. He, he died in 2011. He's actually out in Fullerton. Part of the reason why the story is set there in California. Um, he was a he was a schizophrenic homeless man, white dude, and he was a victim of police brutality. And of course, the cops were found not guilty. And I thought about that story, and you know, it it was obviously a really tragic situation. And that was kind of right. one of the inspirations behind it. Another story, the Naruto, particularly the Naruto versus Pain arc. I really enjoyed that arc. Uh, Naruto is, is just a big influence and really great anime, great uh, manga. So I thought the Naruto vs. Pain arc would be something special to kind of incorporate. What else? Um, Gungrave. It's it's an old. It Gungrave. was originally a video game first, but it yep, became Gungrave an anime online. back in '03. Yeah, it became an anime back in like '03, and the anime is really great. There's actually a new game that came out last year called Gungrave Gore. Also, side note, okay. the maker of the Gungrave anime also made the Trigun anime. So that, uh, that and I love Trigun, so that it, okay. that was both pr pretty cool. What else? I would say the School to Prison Pipeline was another thing. Um, the School to Prison That's Pipelines, fine. pretty much in summary, our school systems are designed to put put students, particularly minority students, behind bars because our prison system is designed to lock people up. Mm -hmm. because the more people in jail, the more money these prisons make. Uh, prison industrial complex, as we call it. America has 5% yes. of the world's population, but 25% of the world's prison population. So that it's, it, that's very alarming and something needs to be done. So I thought that would be an interesting thing to kind of look into and discuss in the story. And I guess the last thing, most Metroid. I mean, Metroid itself, the lore, the character, what Samus goes through. I didn't want to take Samus and just make her black. I wanted to put a unique twist on the character and create a character that was inspired by Samus, but not essentially like just a black Samus. So that's kind of touring in a yeah. nutshell. Um, the name of my character, her name, her name is Whitney. Whitney comes from one of my friends I met at A&T. Her name is actually Whitney Wright, which is funny because that sounds like a superhero name. <laughs> um, w yeah. W, but she agreed to let me use her face, and she agreed to let me name the character Whitney, and so the rest was history after that. Um, so, um, so I, that's, I really that's in a nutshell. I know. Yeah, 
I, I enjoyed this story. I just, I know, um, obviously we can't go dive into spoilers or anything like that, but like this one, this yeah. one was it, bro. This was the story, <laughs> like, especially like, uh, me being, um, at a HBCU in Prairie View and all that social injustice things and things that you touched in, touched on inside of this story. So I really, really enjoyed this story a lot, bro. Like for real, it was very inspiring. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I mean, Torian was written while I was still at ANT. It was like 2011. I graduated in December. I wrote this. I finished around like March 2011. So I was still at ANT at the time. So I can say an HBC, my HBCU experience played a vital role in Torian. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Torian was the first story I wrote that I kind of took seriously as a writer. I mean, I, I, I wrote other things, but Torian was 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 the one that I really sat down and said, you know what, this is requires me to, you know, hit the lab, as we say, which I'll explain that term later, hit the lab, but um, it required me to do like all types of things to ensure that I wrote something that would be quality. Like in particular, and this is just my hot take, forgive me, this is controversial. I feel like anybody from any perspective she would tell any story they want. I don't like the idea of, oh, because you're a, a white dude you can't write about black people no i feel like if he if he, they want to do that let them do that my only concern or issue is if we're going to do that you need to do research you need to talk with people from that group or um Thanks. that culture to have a valid understanding i mean i stand on this because everybody loves black panther truth is stan lee and jack curry may they both rest easy they're both jewish dudes they created Black Panther. They created a lot of characters that these Marvel characters that we love and we've seen on the big screen and the little screen since you know the 30s mm-hmm. and 40s. So, and by that logic, yeah. we wouldn't have Black Panther. We wouldn't have Luke Cage. We wouldn't have Misty Knight. We wouldn't have um, what's uh, what's the, uh, her name? The Black Captain Marvel. I forget her name. Captain Marvel. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Not I forget her yeah, name. Um. Yeah. Um. She's gonna be in the Marvels with Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel. But I forget her name. Um. I forgot yeah. her name too. It's blowing me too. Yeah. We, <laughs> we wouldn't. We wouldn't have that. We wouldn't have that character. We wouldn't have. We have the X Men. We wouldn't have Storm. So the idea that you know, I sh- I should be put in a box and because I'm a black guy, I can only write stories from a black male perspective. I'm not going to co-sign that because it's putting my creativity in a box and saying, hey, because you're a black guy, this is the only perspective that you can write about. And I, mm-hmm. um, so in that regard to Torian, I did research. I did stuff like, you know, shout outs to Tamar Winfrey Harris. This is a book I read. The Sisters Are All Right, Changing the Broken mm-hmm. Narrative of Black Women in America. It's about, you know, basically uh, several black women come in and talk about their experiences of, you know, like being in society in, in the USA and and how the tropes and stereotypes that are lost against black women, how they overcome them and how uh, black women, even though they all have different black experiences, they're still, you know, lovable and capable of giving love and receiving love and how, how those tropes are you know one dimensional and should be dismantled. This is the type of this is something I read. Of course, I talk with various black women I know. So again, it's just you know doing that research. Um so that's yeah. something that was kind of crucial to Torian's um creation and even I would say success. Success development and everything like because it I can tell you put a lot of research into that. And I know like um with sometimes like the same thing that you to your point like some people feel like uh some males can't write female characters well but if you do the research like you've shown that you've done it, you it, you can show that this can be done because this this book is really good um but from that Thank you. from that light um what so with this story with torian you said you did it in 2011 so it lets you know that like keep chasing that dream and keep pushing it forward because it's 2023 that's 12 years ago and yeah. you know what i'm saying and you still like push that push that content out and you said uh you you ended up getting your um publishing when, when did you say did you get the publishing done for it well 
Black Gold story is kind of interesting because it was a really just wild time because literally they saw Torian and then maybe like a week later, March 2020 hit. And we all know what happened in March of 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it, yeah. I, that happened and like a week later. I was like, oh, wait, I have to stay inside. You're giving me money. All right. and i have a book i have a book deal to work okay all right so that's that was a wild time because that's that was kind of like a little a dream pitch right there like we want your like this is a book this is offer to publish a book you're you're stuck indoors like the like we was indoors like what four or five weeks Mm -hmm. and you really couldn't leave your house unless it was like on some you had to get food that was pretty much Mm -hmm. it um yeah, emergencies only. Yeah. So I I was I had had was living the life of luxury. I was editing my book and working on it during that time. It, I mean, COVID it still is a problem, but that beginning stage, it was great for me because I was able to hyper focus no work. I didn't think about paying rent because it, rent was on pause because of the situation, bills were on pause, they, they, they weren't gonna cut your TV off, your phone, evict you, they couldn't do any of that. Yeah, uh, because of the situation, and I was just sitting there with a, a book to edit, so that kind of just took care of itself. That's what I devoted pretty much a big portion of summer twenty twenty two. Okay, that's what's up. That was like uh, you know, what I'm saying just perfect timing, God's timing. <laughs> yeah, again, um, again, coincide. Yeah, so. With um, Torian, with this being a full story, and then with the gray box was more so of a set of uh, multiple stories, uh, kind of like an anthology series, if you will. Yeah. Um, what made you go that route for the gray box, and um, and that one just to show a different perspective, or was it just like something that you just always wanted to do? Well, I I was sitting on a few short stories and I had some ideas. Um, let's see, Torian came out in April of 2021. Uh, unfortunately, in November of 2021, my dad passed away. He was sick, he had ALS, and it was like super swift. He went, he went from we found out he had it in October, and they said it would be two years, and then they said a year, and then they say he might not make it until until the end of the year, and then he passed away. and. November 24th, 2021. And so, Sorry about I, yeah, thank you. Um, it was, a, it was really rough. Um, I, uh, Thanksgiving was the very next day. I, I, I couldn't really eat, couldn't really focus. Um, and let's see, that was on that. He, he passed away on a Wednesday. One of my friends, Taylor, shout out to him. His name is Dr. Yogi. That's his gamer tag, which I'll get into when I explain the world great box. He called me and we talked. One of my friends in North Carolina I met at AT. He called me and we talked for two hours and we just reminisced. And at towards the end of the conversation, I told him I don't know if I could write. And I, because of the situation, he, he just said, You need to write. And I said, Really? And he said, Yeah, re- dude, really, you need to write. I was like, sure, okay, I'll I'll try because you just because you said something. So, I just did a lot of writing, a great deal, just thinking, coming up with short stories, um, editing stuff I had, and that's that's where that came from. I, okay. I I wanted to write something, but after that situation with losing my dad, I knew I had to you know get something out because I was just. Channeling grief. I mean, we people when they lose somebody or something important or critical to who they are, they deal with grief that grief differently. I can't speak for everyone. Um, I'm glad my outlet is writing because we all know it's easy to fall into a dangerous vice like alcohol or drugs or anything of that nature. Um, mm-hmm. And if you are dealing with those things, never be ashamed to admit that you have a problem and go seek help. It's just for me that outlet became writing, and I just wrote this short story collection, um, and also had some friends contribute. Um, like there's in, in that in the world great box, there are like little excerpts I had friends write, and that idea came from um, 
Big Sean, he has an album called Detroit, Detroit One okay. and Detroit Two. And on the album, he'll have, he'll have people come in and talk about uh, Detroit, the city. Like, first album, it was like Young Jeezy, Common, and Snoop. You know, excuse me. You know, the second one, it was Erica Badu, Dave Chappelle, and Stevie Wonder. So I kind of like that idea of having people come in and talk. I mean, of course, I didn't want them talking about me because I felt like one, that's very self absorbed, and two, there's not enough about me that like, I haven't made it yet to talk about. So I just, I just have them come in and talk about, you know, different topics. I just gave them topics to talk about and they, they okay. went with it and they provided great content. Now, the five story thing and why it's called the Royal Grey Box is because there's this game called the, the Orange Box by Valve, which is like a five game in okay. one collection. It has like Portal in it, Team Fortress 2, half, and like three different versions of Half-Life 2. Which we're never gonna see go to Half Life Two. There's no Half Life Three. That game will be 20 years old next year. But we're never gonna see go. Alas, we can't even get see the Left 4 Dead Three. We can't get a Left 4 Dead Three. Um, but yeah, they tried. They tried. Oh yeah, they called it Back for Blood, which I guess Back for Blood consider that. I guess if you want to consider that a sequel, we can. But I mean, for me, I just want Left 4 Dead Three. Um. That's where the whole five story thing came from, and each story was kind of different because I wanted to talk about different things. I didn't want it to be a cohesive thing like a Stephen King type. Every st story is a horror story. No, I wanted something different, and I, I want to talk because I want to talk about different things because my mind was kind of going through a lot of different things during that time. Um, the yeah. cover actually, both covers from my, both my books were done by a guy named. William, his on IG, his name is Wally V, great artist out in Charlotte. I met him back in 2014 at a Comic-Con mm -hmm. out in NC, NC Comic-Con out in Durham. And I worked with him for the first book cover and I worked with him for this one. So he and he did a great job. Again, shout outs to him. Um, but that's pretty much how the Royal Great Box came to be. It was more so me just channeling a really rough time um after losing a parent um that's how it came to be okay. that was really dope um but yeah man that is is really cool to know that you had that outlet instead of like you said going down a path of alcohol or drugs or anything like that um yeah uh, I, it's the same thing. Uh, that's kind of how well, with me, um, I, I pretty much started this podcast and everything like that after my brother passed away. So it was like an outlet, you know, for me to be able to talk about nerdy things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, thank you. It's, it's life it's at this point now. I've, I've started to live with it and I'm like, all right. So, you know, we I, I really like the fact that, you know, what I'm saying you, you use this as motivation and an outlet to create something and be a creative. That's really dope yeah so um, um what is to come for uh you in the future are you already working on new stories are you already working on pitches and trying to get these into uh, tv shows or movies or anything like that or what's next for you well what i can say is i mean i have other superhero characters already kind of lined up i have a character in detroit um, I have a character in Atlanta. I have a character in Virginia Beach, but I've decided to kind of—they're not going to have their own book. They're going to just kind of be a side character. They're going to be in other other character stories and mentioned, and he's still going to be an important character. And actually, the Secret of Touring has been written already. I wrote it while I was in grad school. It has to be edited and cleaned up from what it is now, but it's been written already. And uh, in the Secret of Touring. Um, there's a lot of things I, I want to discuss about her in particular. This is something that is relative to the name Whitney, because I got the name Whitney from a girl I know, but she, she much told me that her dad named her after Whitney Houston. And if you know anything about Whitney Houston, you know that in the beginning of her career, black people did not really like her. Um, they, they felt yeah. that she was a sanitized pop star. Case in point, there was some award show she uh -huh. was at, and she actually, when she won the award, the audience was booing her 
I think it was like a predominantly yeah. like black audience or like some black worship. They booed her. So that idea kind of stuck mm -hmm. with me about the idea of, you know, in superhero terms, what if there, what if there were a, a person like Whitney in the real world and how would black people view her and treat her? Kind of like how mm -hmm. if Wakanda were real, how we view them and treat them like, you know, that y'all sat back and had all these resources during slavery and Jim Crow and y'all sat back and y'all observed all this and y'all had powerful resources to help people, but y'all chose not to. Um, mm -hmm. That is something I really want to look into. Um, plus, another big influence on Torian 2 is Dead Space. Um, the first two games, oh. you just want to ignore Dead Space 3. Just, we, we, okay. we need to ignore Dead Space 3. That, not, that did not happen. <laughs> Dead Space 3 is terrible. <laughs> but Dead Space 1 and Dead Space 2, th those are classics. Um, I played those games heavy from, like, I would say maybe 2016 to about maybe two and a half, three years ago. There actually was a remake that came out earlier this year that I need to get. Um, but one of the key parts about Dead Space, particularly the second game, is mm -hmm. I don't want to spoil anything, but basically there there's this thing that's haunting the main character throughout the game. And it's somebody mm -hmm. that's important to them. Um, because the, in, the, in the Dead Space universe, there's like this marker thing, this marker object that transmits a signal and the signal causes all types of insanity. Two, two things in particular, one alien, like undead aliens, undead zombie aliens, pretty much that have to be killed by cutting off their limbs. And the second thing and something that Torian 2 focuses on the alien marker transmits a signal to individuals and the, the signal and what it transmit varies by person. And it often tends to be um, the way it transmit, it, it uses a person that's important to a person. So for example, if the person had like a lost, like a spouse, the signal would mm -hmm. transmit them seeing their spouse to them and only that, and only they could see them. And yeah, and it would use that person to kind of get the person to do things to benefit the marker, benefit the alien marker. So that's something I kind of want to mess with in Torian 2. Not having an alien marker, but basically having um, like a person that's dead, like mess with and toy with Whitney while she's <laughs> dealing with, you know, not being black enough and, you know, other new enemies and threats. And, and also by this point in and what I'm setting up, there's other superheroes around that are, are well known, and just all those type of things kind of messing with her head while she's in she's in. Cause by this point in the sequel, she's in college now, so mm -hmm. she's not in high school anymore. And just uh, those are kind of those are the type of things I really wanted to explore. I, I would think I would say Dead Space, Dead Space War, and basically you know, what it means to be a black superhero and how the black community would view you and, and judge you if you had all these superpowers, but what are you really doing for the people? Like how they judge her? Because I mean, she's some, Whitney is, is a California girl. Like, but they, would they judge yeah. her for not going to HBCU? Mm -hmm. uh, would they judge her if she dated white boys? Stuff like that, that I really wanted to explore and um, I felt like it would be, make for a great story and new powers and abilities and all that. Um, but that's that's Torian. That's Torian's story. As far as the Royal Grey Box, what I can say about that is I'm actually am kind of messing with a, another like anthology. This one not being inspired by any grief, which I mean I'm glad that that won't be a catalyst. It it, it helped me, but I I don't want it's never a good thing to always be in a state of grief in order to, to feel the need to be creative, creative, being creative to just come from, you know, cause you enjoy it and it's a part of you you are not, you know, taking a negative emotion or not supplying yourself with any other type of vice in order to feel the need to create. Um, but the Royal Great Box, I am working on something for that. And it's just different short stories that I have. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually had more friends submit me some excerpts that I think are going to be cool and people would like. Um, okay. So, um, and I'm actually have the same guy Wally um, working on the cover for that. 
cover um, for it again. Yeah. I like um, it's that, gonna that be a different guy. Uh you had mentioned your brother. Again, my condolences. The cover for the Royal Gear box is actually my oldest brother uh on the cover. Oh, okay. And that house is actually the house that my dad bought when uh that he first when we when we first moved into a lived into a house together, me, my oldest brother, my mom, my dad. It's in Detroit. We, of course, we moved out. Uh, he bought that house. I actually saw it the day of my dad's funeral. My mom told me we were in the neighborhood. And so we're, we're, in, we're near that house. I was like, oh, really? I want to go see it. So she took mm -hmm. me to it. I drove, to, we drove past, I took a picture of it. I was like, wow, it's, I was legit a baby, maybe one, one and a half years old tops when I was in this house. So I have no memory of that place. But I, I, I heard of it in passing. And my older brother, I'm sure he remembers it. But me, mm -hmm. I, I had never seen it, and so I thought I want to take a picture of it. And so I took, I just took a picture of it, and I used that house. Um, but yeah, um, like that's that's the plan for now. I like the, I like that, and I like that. Um, you have a plan in place and everything. You already, you chose to stick with your same artist and everything like that as well. Um, I love the the idea of Tori and two. And continuing on with her story and fleshing out all that out um the the, the thing where you were saying uh talking about how it's messing with the mind it kind of reminds me of like a siren um how the sirens in the um ocean i don't know if you ever uh read yeah, any greek of those stories mythology, greek, yeah greek mythology yeah. sirens yeah I, I heard of them yeah yeah so that, that that's kind of what it reminded me of like how it's implanting that 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 mind that little vision into their mind of something that can kind of make them do the things that they want them to do so i like that as well um so let's ask a random question just to kind of give you some spice uh what's what's um what's your favorite actually what's your favorite r&b artist and then i also want to ask who do you main with in smash because you were talking about smash earlier well um, who do I main in Smash? Snake. <laughs> Snake is I've been maining okay. him since Brawl. Um I prefer Brawl over Ultimate. Um I played Ultimate for a little bit, but I didn't like it as much. But Snake has been the go-to character. Initially I played Rob a little bit. Um, but then okay. I, I one of my friends, Taylor actually, the guy who I mentioned earlier, he mm -hmm. I met him and he showed me how to play with Snake a little bit, and I met other people. And I, I just learned from them, but and Snake became eventually my main character, and I went on. I really like practice him, and you know, play against some of the best people in the country. You know, win money matches. Snake is the man. Um, I like the stage control. I like how he can just have a whole bunch of projectiles on screen at once. Control mm -hmm. like the area. <laughs> like people get annoyed by it, <laughs> but I mean, hey, yeah, I mean, he's not the best character in the game. <laughs> He's not the best character in the game. There's other better characters than him in both games. But I, I mean, I'm an Ike person. I love Ike. Yeah. Um <laughs> Ike is actually really strong in Ultimate. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't kept up Ultimate. The last time I checked, Ike was pretty strong. All the fire characters are just really strong characters. Um fire yeah, Snake. <laughs> yeah, Snake. Especially in this game, like. This like in this mm -hmm. game, Brawl, like Snake was like just a treasure to me. Like there are certain things he could do that got removed from Ultimate that we'll never see again, unfortunately, mm -hmm. that um I miss. But in this game right here, Snake is like a treasure to me. And as far as RB artists, mm, let's see, favorite RB artists. There's so many. I'm about and to say my, you can do a top three if you need to, because I know right now uh, RB is real hot. I don't think a lot of people think it is as hot as it is right now, but they, they got some gems out there. Okay, and not in particular order. Well, first let me say this. I'm not putting Arkell in the list because, I mean, I'm a fan. We all are. It's just, again, his, it's just too yeah. much. I can't really support and condone that. So no Ark no Arkell on my list. Uh, I don't support that at all. Usher, mm -hmm. not, and this is in particular order. Usher is up there. In, okay. Um... Let's see. Who else? Um, no. Yep. Yeah, yeah, uh, okay. Usher. Who else is R&B? Can, can it be groups or just individual acts? 
Yeah, it can be groups. It can be whatever. It can be current. It can be current. It doesn't have to be past. You know what I'm saying? It could be you can go all the way to Motown if you need to. Ah, ah. All right. Well, okay. Uh, well, Usher, Frank Ocean, and mm. I would say. I gotta check my phone real quick. You can see what I got in my playlist. Uh, let's see. I ain't mad at it. That Frank no, Ocean is a nice pick, too. Dell is not considered R&B. She's nice, but she ain't considered R&B. Um, yeah, she's a singer, but not necessarily R&B, yeah. R&B. Um, let's see. Um, Drake is not R&B. No, Future is not R&B. Um... With the Ozzy Buzz be considered R and B? The Ozzy Buzz, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll go with them. Then. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with them. Okay. Ozzy Buzz, Usher Frank Ocean, and the Ozzy Brothers. That ain't bad. That ain't bad at all. Yeah. Yeah, those three. Um, those yeah, those That's three are good. often yeah. Okay, okay. I ain't mad at that. Um, so when um when you're writing or whatever, what do you usually do to like whenever you get into that uh writer's block moment, what do you do to get back into that zone of like just going? Because I know with writing, I can sit there and I can write, you know, 20, 30 pages. You know what I'm saying? And and when once I can turn around. I can't end up writing for like a whole week because of writing block, writer's block. So what what do you do to get out of that uh that that funk of having writer's block? Well, I can say my hobbies. Um, if when when I feel like the, the writer's block is impending, I just take I take a break and you know the hobbies like whether it be video games, whether it be listening to music, um. Some finding something on streaming services, those things kind of help shift my brain away from it and even may even offer me an idea or perspective I've never even thought of. Um, I, I, when I, usually when I write, I like to listen to music sometimes. Um, a lot of my stories, music plays a big part. Torian, like when I was writing Torian, I was heavy in like Bun B. In particular, there's a song by Bun B featuring Draco. It's been a pleasure that literally I had on, on repeat when I was writing and editing the story. The Royal Grey Box, um, one of the stories in there is called the Boone's Night Chapter. I was listening okay. like Light Up by Drake. Um, th- there's another okay. story in there. Um, like the story about Jessica's interview with a guy meets a girl in Day- at Daytona Beach. I was heavy into the weekend and like this is a song by Travis called Scott and Bryson Tiller called First Take. I was heavy into it. So just listen to like music playing these video games and um, they help kind of transport my mind away from the intense pressures of writing and like feeling like, you know, I'm stuck because you never know where inspiration or their next idea can come from or or how, or how it can solve your problem. You just have to take, take that breather and break that little pause, if you will, because you're not a machine. You, you're, you're a human. You need to, you know, Take the take that break, clear your head, and take it one step at a time. Uh, so that's that'll be my answer. I um, I've, I'm able to find so many outlets. Even beyond that, you know, my family and friends. One of my friends in particular, his name is Alex Zero Room, if you will. Um, that's his gamer tag. And if I didn't explain the gamer tag thing, it's basically when you compete and you don't have to do this, you can use your real name, but we pretty much come up with names that we feel where we want, you know, they were three for me is my gamer tag. That comes from the fact that I was born in Detroit and that's, that's Detroit's area code. My friend Taylor, aka Dr. Yogi, his gamer tag, he likes Yogi Bear. My friend um, Alex, his gamer tag is zero room because like when he plays, there's zero room for error. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I like yeah. that. Um, but that's the whole gamer tag thing. And so and even in the World Great Box, the uh the story, one of the stories about a guy goes to a tournament and he uses he has his own gamer tag. Um mm-hmm. but going back to uh the question, yeah, 
finding a positive outlet that allows you to take a breather, talking with family or friends, just living life and just coming back mm-hmm. to it. Because you never know what life can offer uh, that I hope you figure it out what next step to take, you know? Okay. And so I know you said um, you do a lot of uh, gaming and everything like that with the FGC. And you had the gaming story inside of the um, the um, gray box. So being a writer and a, a content creator and everything like that, do you sometimes feel like you're not in the moment because you're like, oh, this could be something great that I can walk, that I can write about or something like that? Or do you always feel like, you know what I'm saying, you can separate just regular life moments from content? It's easy for me to separate regular life moments from content. Like for me, Taking the time to sit down and write is time I de- I know I devoted to it, whether it be for five minutes, whether it be for five hours. Uh, that's uh-huh. just time I devote aside to it. But beyond that, I just live life. I mean, of course, if I see things or hear about things that I feel like are interesting and talk about, I'll take note of like this could be something to really explore, be cool to talk about or write about. But across the board, I just I just devote that time to write. Um um, I, I don't make like a nine to five type thing where, you know, I do this, for, do, do it three hours every single day because mm-hmm. a part of it is I enjoy doing it. I don't want to turn it into a job. Um, yeah. I, I enjoy doing it. Um, and plus, I'm not on like any major deadlines. It's not like people are breaking down doors to a Torian too, which hopefully it'll get to that point one day. But by that point, you know, other things will be that? in place. So um, I write, you know, I just take my time with it and I work with mm-hmm. my, I work with the editors at Black Gold to pretty much make sure things are smooth. Yeah, no. All right. And I, I do see that uh, you had like a, you put your book in a lot of famous people, celebrities, if you will, hands. And um, how is that like knowing like, these celebrities and things have read your content and things like that. How does that feel? Well, just the ability to interact with them is great. And uh-huh. I'm, I meet most of these people at cons, like conventions, um, mm-hmm. like stuff like BlurCon, shout outs to George Hilton, uh, the, the founder and run, op, main operator of BlurCon. Great dude. He does a lot for the Blur community, their community. He does a lot for black content creators and black creators in general. Uh, he makes dreams come true. Um, he's done, he's mm-hmm. done, he's done a lot for me and my friends. Um, BlurCon was amazing. Uh, I, I took my older brother and my nephew uh, back in July. They, my older brother actually never been to a con before. We had a lot of fun. Uh, that's where I met Cree Summers and took a picture of her with, with Torian. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the ability to interact with these people and they really like what I have. And that that's an amazing thing. Um, a lot, like, I think my favorite one was probably the Daredevil one. Cause I met the, the actor who plays Daredevil and the actor who plays Fisk, okay, Kingpin. And in my uh, book, Vincent Torian, D'Onofrio. yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio mm-hmm. and my book, Torian, I mentioned Daredevil. Daredevil was the reason my character became a lawyer in the first place. Because Daredevil was my favorite superhero growing up. One of my favorite superheroes, like top five. He still is. Um, uh-huh. I used to collect his comic books when I was in middle school. So to actually meet the actor who plays him, and not the not the Ben Aff- Ben Affleck one, we're just doing ignore that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, your goodness. Um, rest, also, rest easy to Michael what, Michael Clark Duncan. He was he Michael was Clark kingpin Duncan. that one. Kingpin. Yeah, but. But yeah, again, we're just gonna ignore that. To meet mm-hmm. the guy who plays the Daredevil that we know and respect now is a pretty great thing because I grew up collecting the comic books when I was in middle school, and he and just to interact with them and them holding my book and then again in my book I mentioned Daredevil. It was like a really full circle moment to me. Like my, my the middle school me was jumping for joy, which I had to contain that while I was around them. But <laughs> you know, I was just happy I got the chance to meet. Some heroes, you know, like pun intended, because well, not in Fisk, but Vincent's case, he's Fisk, but meet a hero and another important figure. So, yeah, um, but these interactions, 
I mean, my goal is just to let people know about Torian and how great it is. And another interaction was with like J.R. Smith, who he started going to A&T. Um, I saw that. And a few years ago, and I was like, wow, that's cool. But then he was at homecoming last year because I went to homecoming last year, which it had been many years since I've been to homecoming, probably since like 2015, because I left Greensboro in 2016. And I didn't go from like 2016 to like 2021. I was in school and also uh, I was doing stuff and then COVID happened and couldn't go in 2021 because my dad was super sick around the time. But last year mm -hmm. I was able to go and he was there. And so I, I had a conversation with him. I really told him, I like what you did in the NFL, but I love what you're doing here at A&T and all that. And I shook his hand mm -hmm. and all that. And just to anyway, interact with him was really cool. But again, I mean, I think to go back to your question, um, Torian by itself is a really great thing. And I'm, I'm, I think I'm starting to realize that because I mean, the more people that people interact with it, like you and other people, they tell me it's great. And even when I talk to these celebrities, they tell me it's great. Like mm -hmm. I think literally one, uh, one person a few weeks ago told me that this should this is something that should be in classrooms, which kind of blew my mind. I never thought yeah. something I write would be at that level of this. This needs to be looked at in a classroom. I I just wrote this just because I, I want to play tribute to Metroid. I never <laughs> figured, you know, you know, even concocted the idea in my brain that my book would be dissected at the level of a classroom. Because you have to really ponder, like, if your book's in a classroom, that's the same level as, like, To Kill a Mockingbird or yeah. uh, what else? What other? Great Gatsby. Catching the Rye, Great Gatsby. Those those type of books, mm -hmm. those are the type of books you see in classrooms, which those are foundational books to American culture and just read, learning how to read in, in, in general. Like, those are some of the first books you pick up when you learn how, when you learn how to read. And, yeah. And things of that nature. So, Torian will be considered at that level, even consider that or ponder that. That was mind blowing to me. Um, hey, your time is coming, bro, because that, that mug is fire. <laughs> like, like I was I was reading the gray box and I was like, this one pretty good. And then when I finished it, I started reading Torian. I couldn't put Torian down. I was like, yo, this is insane. <laughs> so, yeah, Torian was like, I was the one, bro, like for real. So, I, I see what he's saying. Yeah, thank you. Wait, thank you, Steve. Thank you. No problem. No problem. Um, is there anything else you want to uh, discuss or you want to talk about uh, coming forward? Well, I mean, there's more content coming. I just need more time. Um, yeah, I know you probably got NBAs and everything. Yeah. <laughs> you can't talk about. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even say that. It's just. I guess you could say that I, I didn't sign anything, but I, I don't want to like spoil anything, reveal too much because it kind of ruins like what I have planned ahead. Plus, I mean, I'm a teacher, so I being mm -hmm. doing this and like, you know, coming up with school content or lesson plans and all that. It's definitely a lot of work. Um, so I have to kind of bounce back and forth and find the time. And again, uh, Street Fighter has been out since June and I'm trying to get really good at it. I went to like three tournaments and I got like third at like two of them. And I, even though I play a low tier character, which means they're not really that good. So I'm trying to get better at that. It's just a lot on my plate right now. And I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. So what I can say is look forward to more superhero content because a Royal, a sequel to a Royal Grey box, you can, you can put that on the timeline. I'm not going to give you a date for it, but more superhero content, especially is coming soon. I feel like the next one, is something that I feel like people will enjoy. And also, if I didn't mention this earlier, I'll say it now, the superhero content is all connected in a sense like the Marvel movies where you have like Thor and Doctor Strange and Captain America. Like these are characters that they know of each other. And, it's, okay. and so they will eventually the universe. Meet. Yeah. Um, so I'm not gonna call it the Black Avengers um, because I have people in there that are like, you know, not black or and not or half or like half black and all that, but mm. you know, uh that's the that is the plan. And the next book again is set in Detroit. It's also a more comedic story. 
the goal is kind of make you laugh. I feel like if I didn't make you laugh, I failed. And wow. so far, the editor, they enjoy it. Um, the characters' abilities are different from Whitney's. Um, they don't wear no suit. They, how can I say this? Imagine if Goku was a firebender, pretty much. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and oh, his friend, his, yeah, and his friend uh, is the same thing. Imagine like if Vegeta was a waterbender. Mm. So, so you make yeah that you making a whole uh, let's say a Torian verse or uh, a Jurisa verse. I mean, I just <laughs> I just feel like we'll, we'll my universe. I don't want to put a label on it yet because it's uh, not it's still in development. But I I mean I am kind of expanding things to have more characters um, to talk about different issues. Like Torian was more about sustained racism and things of that nature. This story is more um, out, more funny, but it still talks about serious things, but in a much more comedic way. Um, okay. So just be on the lookout for that. I'm aiming for like, I would say no later than I would say March of next year. No later than like March of next year, what I'm aiming for. Uh, the cover is already done. Again, shout out to uh, William aka Wally V on IG, and Wally. that's pretty much it for now. Um, taking it one one book at a time. That's what's up, man. Well, shoot, thank you. Um, shoot, one first of all, thank you for sending me the books for me to get the opportunity to read them. Um, yeah. That was really dope. Um, a lot of people don't do that. They'd be like, okay, well, you can order it online. You were like, no, nah, man, what's your address? And you sent it to me. So I th- I really appreciate that. That was really dope. Um, yeah. Also, for pulling up, you know what I'm saying, and doing, letting me uh, be able to do this interview with you. Yeah, no problem. No problem. All right. Um, and you want to go ahead and plug all your social media and stuff like that so people can know where to find you. And I'll also uh, put it into the show notes of the episode that we do as well. All right. If you want to follow me and just be up to date with what I'm doing and just daily life stuff, let's see. Um, 313 Snake is my IG. My Twitter, because I'm not calling it X. And at this rate, it might not even be a thing anymore. <laughs> I'm trying to charge users. Like, what are you doing, Elon? Like, give the site back to Jack. Like, what are you doing? You, you, you're ruining it. My Twitter ruin it. is Single 313. It's 313 Trill. Uh, T R I. LL313 Trill. Um, gamer tag, you want to play me on Xbox? I mean, most stuff is cross plat. Black Man is 313. Um, I'm down to play Street Fighter. Um, if you play Dead, uh, Dead by Daylight, you need, need somebody to join your team. Um, oh, yeah, I definitely will play that. Yeah. Killer Instinct. Um, I, I, I think about getting Mortal Kombat that came out like last week. And yeah, that, that's pretty much that's oh um I use TikTok sometimes. I think the TikTok, let me check. I haven't let me check my TikTok real quick. That is um 313 Snake, same as my IG. Um and okay. if you want to grab both my books, you can get them on Amazon. Yes, you can. However, if you really want to support me and not want to support the extortion that is Jeff Bezos and what he does at Amazon, please go to <laughs> blackgoldpublishing.com. That's where you can get both books and support me. They are a black-owned company out in the Virginia Beach area, blackgoldpublishing.com. Of course, again, you can get it on Amazon. If that is your wish, I'm not going to stop you or tell you not to do that. But if you really want to support me and support the movement and support a black owned company, blackgoldpublishing.com is where you can get both the Royal Gray Box and Torian. Yes, sir. That's what's up. Um, make sure you guys do that. Like, once again, I will put that in the show notes if you for all the listeners that are listening to this episode. Make sure y'all follow this man on social media. Support, 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 support black writers, black content creators, man. Um, and I have been Scuba Steve 1428. You can follow me on all social media through there. 
follow uh, the Blur Mind Pod on social media. Shout out to all my pod mates that couldn't be here, but this was an interview, um, and we wanted to kind of like keep it, you know, intimate and everything. It was supposed to be me and Cam, but Cam got a little busy and got tied up. But shout out to all my pod mates. Shout out to you. And with that being said, it mob out.